just to give you a real quick example. So right before we jumped on, I was talking to a small business owner. They have about eight average employees. So in 2020, 21, they average about eight employees. Their projected recovery, although we won't know until we review their all their documents, their projected recovery is over $200,000. To a small business like that, that's a significant amount of money. This is the MindShift Podcast, where we share real stories, real strategies that will help you find real success. This is the place to hear from people just like you who have taken their ideas, goals, and dreams from a point of inspiration to realization, or when life knocked them down, from a point of breakdown to breakthrough. I'm your host, Daryl Evans. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the MindShift Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Evans. You know, uh, businesses, both small and large, mine included, were affected by the government-mandated shutdowns and supply chain issues and the reduction in services due to the pandemic. The Employee Retention Tax Credit was introduced during the CARES Act and is a refundable tax credit that businesses can claim for 2020 and 2021 on qualified wages to employees. But many business owners don't even know that they qualify. Today on the show, I've invited Pat Mancuso on to discuss all the details of the ERTC and the opportunity available for business owners right now to recover compensation for qualified wages and certain health insurance costs paid to employees during the pandemic. Hey, Pat, welcome back to the MindShift Podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Daryl, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me back. We're really excited about what we're doing, helping business owners, and I'm excited to share that with you today. Man, we have a lot to unpack in a short period of time. And so we're here right now to talk about the opportunity that a lot of small, middle, and even large businesses don't even know about. And uh, so let's start right away with uh, what is the employee retention tax credit? Well, Daryl, the employee retention tax credit was part of the CARES Act that was passed in 2020. And frankly, it didn't get a lot of publicity in the beginning because PPP got all the publicity. PPP was pretty easy to apply for. In the beginning, you couldn't get the employee retention tax credit and PPP. However, subsequently, there's been eight changes to the program. And one of the changes is if you did get PPP, you can now get ERTC. We just have to account for what you got in your PPP, and it reduces your eligibility a little bit. So ERTC was designed as a tax incentive, a tax credit back to business owners for them keeping their W-2 wage employees on their payroll during COVID. Gotcha. So if someone did get PPC, if I heard you right, it doesn't exclude them from ERTC, but it does get counted into the qualification amounts. Correct. We have to just reduce their amount of ERTC eligible recovery based upon how much of their PPP loan was wage related. And we do that through our verification and document process. Gotcha. Who's qualified for ERTC? Yeah. So the first criteria would be is anybody who has W-2 wage employees that were on their company payroll during 2020 and 21, basically three quarters of 20, which is Q2 through Q4, and three quarters of 21, which is Q1 through Q3. So that's really the first criteria. 1099 income or employees are not eligible for the tax credit. As far as businesses go, anyone who experienced business interruptions, supply chain issues, shutdowns, mandates, uh, limited capacity. There's not 
a lot of businesses that wouldn't, in theory, qualify for it. Each business has to qualify specifically. And, you know, they had city, local, state, federal mandate shutdowns, business interruptions. So it really is based upon their locale, based upon their business, based upon their industry. However, we're qualifying um, businesses that range from real estate brokerages, title companies, mortgage companies, excavation companies, nonprofit churches, video production companies. The list goes on and on. And so, you know, each case is unique and yet, you know, virtually any business that had W-2 wage employees. Wow. We're going to talk about some of these early qualification amounts just because I want the audience listening to this to kind of know what is potentially on the table that is sitting there for them to just go through the process. Let me ask this question. How does it work? How does the ERTC employee retention tax credit actually work from a business owner standpoint listening to this? What are the steps they have to go through to see if they're qualified or actually go through the process to get the credits? Sure. First, we have a very simple, uh, less than 10 minute um, survey that we have a business owner provide us uh, some basic details on how many employees did they have in 20 and 21? What were their gross wages that they paid out in 20 and 21? And then just a little bit of detail on their PPP. Like I said, takes about seven to 10 minutes, we say. And within a couple of hours, we can have their estimate back. Their estimate is based upon the information they supply us. The credit is capped in 2020 at $5,000 per employee and in 21 at $26,000 per employee. Now, Daryl, one of the things that's interesting is that it's a per employee per quarter capped. That also includes is the taxes that were paid, health benefits that were paid, the amount of PPP that was received. So it's not a simple hmm. uh, process to really you know, calculate their recovery. However, the estimate we can do is pretty simple if they give us that data. As far as the process itself, um, we collect all of the documents from them that we need to verify. We're going to maximize their credit, but not over-maximize it. It's really important that the numbers are done correctly and without collecting all the appropriate documents, it's very hard to be able to calculate those numbers yeah. properly. And, you know, it's interesting. We come across companies that aren't collecting all of the documents. It's very interesting. You know, obviously, one of the things that could kick that claim out is incorrect calculations. And so, you know, we're very diligent and we don't even review a file unless we have all those puzzle pieces in the puzzle box, so to speak. The other thing that's really important to understand, and I'm not sure of how many companies do this, I'm not even aware of any other ones beyond ours, is that we actually interview the business owner for about 45 minutes to an hour. I hire what we call a technical writer, which in the world of tax credit basically is they're going to create working papers, documentation of the claim. And so we interview that owner. We ask them, we go through 14 business interruption categories to look at how were they impacted? What changes did they make? What limitations? How did that interrupt their ability to do commerce? Because that's one of the ways to qualify for the tax credit is a business interruption to commerce related to mandates or a loss of revenue. And hmm. you know, many businesses didn't necessarily lose 20% of revenue. So yeah. many businesses are qualifying under the interruption to commerce related to city, state, local, federal mandates. Sounds to me like with uh, anything dealing with the IRS, there are nuances. There are things that are black and white and then things that are gray to yellow, right? (laughs) Yeah. You have to work with someone that understands the process and has a full-time team looking over each of these steps. And so I appreciate the idea that you're sitting down with the business owner. You're not just saying, hey, throw us all this information and 
that just bogs up the IRS as well and, and doesn't do any of us any good because yeah. if I'm understanding this correctly, it was created at the same time or around the same time as the PPP process, but it was sort of not the primary PPP was the thing everybody was rushing for because yeah. there were early deadlines. Talk about the deadline for this ERTC program and the recovery time period to get these credits because my understanding is their time is of the essence, right? Yeah. This thing does expire. Talk to us about that. Well, it's interesting. So there's the technical time that expires and then there's the what ifs. And so I'm going to talk about the technical. So on this particular tax credit, there's a three-year look back. So in theory, the first quarter of eligibility will expire in the beginning of 2023. However, that being said, in 2021, when they were passing the infrastructure bill, first, let me go back and say this, the bill has been changed eight times. The tax credit has eight changes to it. That's one of the confusions, if you may. In fact, I use this kind of analogy with folks. It, you have a general family practitioner, and then you have a brain surgeon. One's a generalist, one's a specialist. We're specialists. The team that I work with that I'm a consultant for, we're specialists. These are highly experienced, highly expert tax strategists, forensic tax, CPAs. These people know what they're doing. When they pass the infrastructure bill, they actually mid-quarter in 2021, mid-fourth quarter, they actually changed the rules and said, originally you were going to qualify for seven quarters potentially. They lopped off the fourth quarter and now it was six. And that's because I think they were probably moving some money from one bill to another, if you may. So I tell people, although this is not likely to happen, however, there's a lot of things in our world today that are not likely to happen that happen, right? Is that you want to get your claim in, you want to get in line because to go to your second part of your question, right now it's taking about four to five months for the IRS to process returns, to process checks. And we're starting to see that go down a little bit. We have a client who just recently got uh, theirs back in about three and a half months. And so it's a month in the process and then four to five to recover the funds. So I just share with people, time is of the essence. The sooner you take the process on, the sooner you get your claim off to the IRS, the sooner you potentially have that money back on your balance sheet. And Daryl, you and I know there's a recession coming. Now, how bad is it going to be? How long is it going to be? I talk with three to five business owners a day on this topic, and I already start to hear what's going on with businesses. They're already starting to see some challenges. Let's keep in mind, it's not just loss of sales or reduced sales. They're experiencing those type of things when they're still experiencing supply chain issues, still experiencing increased costs for product services and wages. So yeah. it's like, why not take advantage of it sooner versus later? Yeah. I mean, look at the environment right now, inflationary issues. We've got cost of goods going up. We've got supply chain things still lingering out there right now. I mean, if you just look around right now, small businesses really have, you know, cash flow is the thing you and I both know being in business a long time. Cash flow is king. Right. And when credit vehicles start to tighten their rules, and they are, yes. whether there's a mild recession, a deep recession, and I think we both agree that we're not headed for a crash like we saw maybe in 08, 09, 10, that kind of thing. The reality is small businesses need to take advantage of these opportunities, even if it's a small amount of money because yeah. cash flow is king. And so I wanted to bring this conversation to the table. And I appreciate you guys building the team to support small businesses, yeah. you know, that's what we do in our agency, right? So every day I sit with and talk to business owners who are trying to continue to grow revenue in their business with this transition of digital marketing online and, and growing revenue 
and customer acquisition. So I'm equally in the same seat right. to try to service businesses to help them grow. And uh, we don't do this, right? So we just wanted to introduce the conversation sure. to our audience uh, so that they could get connected with you and take advantage of this. I've got one or two other quick questions as we wrap up. Yeah. And can I add one thing, Daryl? Would it be okay? Sure. Uh, just to give you a real quick example. So right before we jumped on, I was talking to a small business owner. They have about eight average employees. So in 2020, 21, they average about eight employees. Their projected recovery, although we won't know until we review their all their documents, their projected recovery is over $200,000. To a small yeah. business like yeah. that, that's a significant amount of money. It's massive. Several weeks ago, you and I spoke, and I know that we're not giving averages. By the way, you're listening to this right now. We're not saying you're going to get one of these. We're not no. saying you qualify. We're not saying this is not a promise. This is not an expectation. Right, right. Right. Let's be clear about that. We're not the IRS. We didn't do your taxes. We weren't in your business at that time. What we are saying is there's an opportunity on the table to take advantage of this. The thing about small businesses are we don't really know all of these things. Like my company lost 57% of its revenue back then. We did get PPP back then. And it wasn't until you introduced this to me a couple, three months ago. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Pat? Yeah. And so I know that of the 30 million businesses out here in the United States specifically that are out there working and trying to make things adjust to this market, they need to know about this. And if I remember correctly, of all the businesses that shut down back then, I think 200,000 of them never, ever came back, according to, I think, yeah. a CNBC article that I read. And it may be more than that today. Yeah, Pat, I want to ask this question because, again, I wanted to caveat you're not stating what every business is going to get. That company is in the 200000 range, but you're seeing a consistent theme. What is your average estimated recovery looking like? Because I think if someone's on the other side of this, they're thinking, is it worth it? Should I take sure. the time to do this? Blah, blah, blah. What is that looking like from the volume of things that you guys are processing? So I would just offer in, in the hundreds of millions of dollars of claims that we process since the beginning of the year, the average is about $300,000. Now that includes companies that are a million, two million, five million in recovery. And yet there's some that are, you know, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, 40,000. And so, you know, one of the things that I will go back and add just as the caveat that you did is that it's not, you know, when I said the 5,000 cap per employee and the 26,000, there's variables that go into that. It's based upon the amount of wages that you paid. It's not just, okay, you had an employee, Daryl, so you're getting 31 grand back potentially per person. That's not how it works. That's why it's really important the calculations are done correctly. And all the puzzle pieces have to be in the puzzle box to make sure that you're doing that math correctly. Yeah. Pat, am I right in saying this is my last thought? You said this a little earlier. You didn't have to be considered non-essential and be asked to close your business. Any interruption in the business. And the other thing was, if I remember correctly, you didn't have to lose the 20%. I think you said that earlier as well. There's right. several tests that go into this. Yeah. So maybe you're thinking, hey, I don't know. You know, it's worth it for someone to take at least the seven to 10 minutes to, to do the survey and your team goes through that estimate process. Is that a fair statement? Well, Daryl, again, I mentioned earlier, we talked to about three to five business owners a day. And of those three to five, at least one to two every day, come to us referral. We do a lot of business by referral and one to two will come to us every day and say, Pat, my advisor, whoever they're involved with their tax work, my advisor said I wasn't qualified. And the first question I always say is I acknowledge that I don't know if you're qualified either, right? So first thing I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you're qualified, but go back and ask that advisor who told you that, why you weren't qualified. Mm -hmm. And here's the interesting thing for me. Most of the time, the two top reasons that come back to us 
are I got PPP and therefore I can't get ARTC, which was one of the eight changes. Mm-hmm. The second one is that, well, I didn't have a loss of revenue of 20% or more. So therefore I'm not qualified. Well, that was one of the second big changes is you can qualify under loss of revenue. You can qualify under business interruption related to mandate shutdowns, partial interruption, supply chain yeah. issues. And it's just kind of shocking. And we're not talking small numbers. Like sometimes it's a million dollars and they go, well, I was told I wasn't qualified. And now you're telling me that I am. And again, just so the caveat comes back, I'm not handing you the money, but let's be clear. If we feel that you're eligible and you're qualified and we can build the case, we're going to stand behind it because in our agreement with our clients, we have audit protection. So we're not going to submit anything on behalf of the client. We're not going to prepare their amended 941s unless we can't stand behind it. Mm. So that's all part of our process. Pat, thank you so much for taking some time to spend it with me here today to just kind of unpack this complicated topic, but it's so beneficial to small businesses, middle-sized businesses, large businesses, all businesses, really, because the program is in place to help the recovery. It's a credit program, right? So if we don't know what these things are, we don't know how to apply. And so I'm hoping to extend this message to our audience and uh, get more people to come chat with you. Pat Mancuso from the Mancuso Consulting Group. Thank you for joining us here today on the Mindshare Podcast. We really appreciate the work you're doing to help small business owners recover some of the lost dollars from their balance sheet and their businesses and keep them thriving here in our country. Daryl, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, this is Daryl. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with me and Pat discussing the opportunity for you to recover some lost wages through the pandemic, through the ERTC. Listen, if you're interested in applying to see if you qualify, get your estimate from Pat's team, head over to DarylEvans.net forward slash ERTC. Again, that's DarylEvans.net forward slash ERTC. And from that page, you'll be able to look at the application process, go through that survey that Pat was talking about, takes you seven to 10 minutes, got to have some information available, and then begin to look at whether that process and that credit is going to apply to you. Hope you've got some value out of today. We'd love to bring information to you that you may not have known about. And we hope that this message today served you. Hey, my friend, thanks again for listening to today's episode of the MindShift Podcast. Listen, let's not have the conversation end here. Connect with me on social at Mr. Daryl Evans on almost all the platforms with the exception of Facebook. My Facebook fan page is at Daryl Evans fan. Until next week, remember, you're just one shift away from the breakthrough you're looking for.